This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 8.46 a.m. You're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana Shaoning and Jen Sun. Transparency International released its 2022 Corruption Perception Index report on Tuesday. And unfortunately, Malaysia does not come out well. Although we went up one spot in ranking to 61 out of 180 countries, our overall score fell to 47 out of 100, the worst showing achieved. Prime Minister Datu Sri Anwar Ibrahim has pledged to reverse the declining trend and said he would not compromise on any form of corruption. How closely does the government's rhetoric match to its actual actions and what should be the primary focus in tackling corruption? Joining us for an assessment of how corruption is perceived here in Malaysia is Dr Mohamed Mohan, President of Transparency International Malaysia. Good morning, Dr Mohan. Thank you as always for joining us. Now, the latest report uh, saw Malaysia record its lowest CPI score score or Corruption Perception Index score in a decade and was highlighted as one of the countries which is significantly declining since 2019. What were the major reasons in the past year for our continued tumble in score? Okay, thank you. Now, uh, there are two broad reasons for the decline. First of all is the lack of political will to fight institutional corruption. Now, what is this exactly? Is uh, the huge, if you remember, the huge stimulus packages that were rolled out during the COVID-19 pandemic without parliamentary scrutiny and or debate. So what it means is the political leaders, they just couldn't care for transparency, especially when such a huge amount of money is being rolled out. So there was no parliamentary scrutiny or debate. Now, the other thing is the patronage in appointing unqualified politicians to hate GLCs and GLICs. This has been highlighted year after year uh, to the various governments, but no one follows, you know. And the other one is the literal combat ship. We all have talked about this. And uh, no doubt we agree with the government that uh, we need the ships. Six billion has been paid. Uh, But the question is, what exactly triggered uh, this problem and there must be some kind of a thorough investigation not with intention to punish anyone but to know what really happened so that uh, there is a learning from this uh, episode so that other agencies or ministry don't do the same mistakes and to prove that point if you see the auditors general's report every year is a repeated story uh, this year you'd be lose about one billion in this ministry. Next year we lose in the, another ministry. The same thing is repeated. Mm. So this is the problem. And uh, the other thing is the national anti-corruption plan. Uh, we don't see any of these governments uh, showing real interest to to implement. So far, only 33 percent has been uh, implemented. And of course, there are other reasons, other issues. You know, the legislative changes that were supposed to be done, like the uh, putting up the political financing act, uh, ombudsman act, government procurement bill. All these were not done. So that is one of the real main reason why we keep going down. Because when there is no uh, positive uh, signals from the government, of course, the score will never go up. And Dr. Mohan, how would you compare our performance in the CPI with regional peers, especially those that compete with us for economic investment? Are others improving while we're regressing? Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, within the let's say within the ASEAN region, Singapore has done very well and is the only Asian country uh, that makes it to the top 10 every year. Uh, although they may have dropped one point or two points uh, for 2022, but overall they are in the top 10. Uh, The other countries like Vietnam, Thailand, Cambodia and Laos, 
uh, have shown improvements in their scores in 2022 compared to 2021. However, Indonesia's score has come down in 2022 together with Myanmar. Now, the reason for Indonesia also to go down is again similar to what Malaysia has done. When you, especially particularly during the COVID period, uh, when there was huge stimulus packages uh, being rolled out, uh, there has to be proper scrutiny and uh, full disclosure of what has been done and so on. So going back to within the region, Malaysia has a lot of catching up to do. Uh, because 47 marks out of 100 is a very low score and we need to work together uh, both the uh, civil society, the government, the public servants and so on to stop this rot and reverse the trend. Okay, so that's exactly my next question. I mean, what should be the immediate priority of this government to improve the perception of effective anti-corruption agency? What's the low-hanging fruit that we can act on now? Okay, first the, you know, the CPI report was, full report was released two days ago. And by the way, this has also been sent to the Prime Minister explaining why the scores are going down for Malaysia. And we have given him a list of recommendations to the government. We hope the government will look into this. Now, the immediate effective anti-corruption action is to make first the MACC more independent and free to charge anyone, whether from the government or the opposition, if they are involved in any form of corruption. I know the PM has said, you know, he will not interfere and so on, but legislative changes has to be made uh, to strengthen the governance uh, 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 and also at the same time to give MACC uh, more power. And of course, there need to be other uh, uh, legislative changes to be made. For example, uh, pushing for the Political Financing Act. We have been talking about this for the past 10 years, uh, nothing done. And uh, the other one is the Government Procurement Act or Government Procurement Bill. This was also promised by the former finance minister, uh, YB Lim Guan Ying. Uh, now three years, have four years have passed. The subsequent finance ministers have not taken it up. And the other one is the Ombudsman Act. Uh, and uh, so these are some of the low-hanging fruits. But of course, we are aware that, you know, pushing a new act can take some time. But I think the best I would suggest to the government is the Whistleblower Protection Act Amendment. Uh, it has been three years we have been talking about it. Uh, civil societies and uh, many of us have been involved in discussions. Uh, and this is almost there. Only a couple of uh, clauses to be amended. So I hope the law minister and the one who is in charge for institutional reforms, Nasusri Azalina, she could look into this and push for the amendment of the Whistleblower Protection Act. That would be at least the first step this government can do within the next uh, parliament sitting also. Mm. Dr. Mohan, what do you make of recent decisions by the Prime Minister that seem antithetical to his anti-corruption commitment? I mean, this includes appointing a Deputy Prime Minister that's facing corruption charges in court. And more recently, um, he did hire Nurul Iza Anwar, his daughter, as a senior economics and finance advisor. Do you think this hurts his anti-corruption message? Okay, the first of all, this is all about perception. The CPI, Corruption Perception Index, is all about perception. The appointment of the DPM, who is facing several charges in court, is of course a concern raised by many. But going by the legal principle of presumption of innocent, he is considered innocent until proven guilty. So also don't forget that yeah, post G15, we didn't have a government. And also uh, the, the party that had the highest number of seats was the Pakatan Harapan government, uh, sorry, party, and uh, its leader, Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, had to negotiate 
he didn't have a choice and he had to negotiate with other parties to form a government. So in the best interest of the nation, that was the best decision he had to make. So the rest, we will leave it to the courts to decide on the fate of the DPM. Now, on Nurul Iza's appointment as a senior economics and finance advisor, I gave my comments two days ago during the CPI launch. But unfortunately, several media did not report uh, fully what I said. Only part, partly was reported. Now, what I said was, because of the father-daughter relationship, this will be deemed, and it is uh, deemed as uh, nepotism, even though Nurul will not be paid a single cent. So because of this, it could be sending a wrong signal and it affect the CPI in 2023. By the same time, what I said was, Nurul is an asset to the nation. With her high standard of integrity and no-nonsense type of politician, her presence to support the government is vital and we do not want to lose her. And also after hearing the clarification from the PM that he wants assistance to ensure, uh, what do you call, implementation of tenders, compliance to SOPs, and so on, it is important for the PM uh, to intervene immediately to do a recalibration. Now, what do we mean by recalibration is that he could change the reporting line. Instead of reporting to him, she could report to another minister or another ministry or a very senior advisor like Tansri Hassan Marikan, and even change her designation to a senior advisor on compliance and, and governance. So bottom line is we need her to be around to help the government. But I think reporting to the father is not appropriate. This is where many are criticizing and uh, and saying nepotism and so on. Unfortunately, many who criticize, they are not offering any solution. So that is what I feel and this is what exactly I say. Meanwhile, uh, can I ask you about news that came out last night, which is that the MACC has frozen the accounts of Bersatu. Um, do all these actions actually help Malaysia in, in terms of our ranking, in terms of a perception when it comes to corruption? Yes. Uh, based on the news that we just got yesterday that uh, accounts were frozen, but that doesn't mean uh, the MACC has found that there was any wrongdoing or anything. Uh, we will only see the impact of it on the CPI when someone gets charged, just like what happened in 2019 when the uh, former prime minister and the deputy prime minister and very high-profile politicians were all charged with money laundering, abuse of power, and so on. Uh, that can give a very positive signal uh, to it. you know. And also the other things that I have just mentioned, uh, that all those reforms that they are talking about, they have to start making, uh, taking action and produce tangible uh, results. Then only you will have an impact on the on the CPI. Uh, yep. And one more thing, you know, even in the papers today, MACC says that uh, that government, political will, and institutional reforms are needed to tackle the country's per corruption perception in issue. Uh, but what else specifically can we do so that there's political will to drive this through? Because our rankings have been dropping year and year and it doesn't seem to be just an issue of, you know, this government or that government has been ongoing for the longest time. Well, the uh, from the... Because it's only just about coming to two months plus mm. uh, for the new government under the leadership of Dr. Sri Anwar Ibrahim, now, he has repeatedly said that he wants to focus on good governance, transparency, integrity, accountability, and so on. Uh, well, that sounds very good and positive. But the point is, you know, the, the corruption perception index is measured yearly. 
And normally by the month of October for the 2023, all will be wrapped up. So the government needs to make a serious, uh, uh, I mean, in other words, take serious action uh, on pushing through all these changes that I have mentioned. Look for the low-hanging fruits, like, for example, push for the Whistleblower Protection Act. Mm -hmm. Those that, uh, you know, of course, the executive should not interfere in the MACC's investigation and so on. But if they could, you know, find that uh, uh, high-profile cases uh, and people who have committed wrongdoing, please charge them, you know, and, and, and let the process go through. And all those institutional reforms that we have recommended, at least take some, make the move and get it going. You know, for example, put uh, the best professionals to lead GLCs instead of just giving politicians uh, a position for the sake of giving them positions. So those kind of reforms uh, will be needed. And the other thing that I just want to emphasize is transparency. This is key. The literal combat ship is a very good example where now that they say that the ship is coming next year and so on, uh, and hoping that everybody will forget about it. That's not the point. The mm. point here is, please tell us what actually triggered this whole problem, what went wrong, and so that how I'm going to fix it so that it doesn't happen again. And one of the good measures will be the Auditor General's uh, report. Next year and the years on, you should see less and less leakages, less and less adverse findings. Uh, that is a real measure of our improvement. Uh, without doing that, I don't think we can see any improvement in our score in the coming years. Dr. Mohan, thank you very much for speaking to us. That was Dr. Mohamed Mohan, President of Transparency International Malaysia, giving us his assessment of our performance in the CPI and also making some recommendations on what to do about it. It is 9am. We're heading into the 9am News Bulletin. We'll come back after that with Market Insights with Tony Nash of Complete Intelligence after the opening bell. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.